And hello, good people of the internet. This is Tommy Kelly from adventuresfromwooboo.com and the47s.com. And I would like to welcome you to the Tommy Kelly podcast. I've got a new mic pop shield for this week, so hopefully there'll be less pops than there has been in previous episodes. For years, I used to use hanger, coat hanger, and a pair of tights. And it works quite effectively, but uh, aesthetically very unpleasing and not particularly professional looking. Not that I need to be professional looking, as no one can see me when I'm doing these. But it makes me feel more professional looking. (laughs) So there it is. It's quite nice, quite small, fits perfectly. So last week we had a rundown on the first 10 cards, I think, 10 cards or so, anyway, of the Ford Servants. And I said I would follow that up with the next part this week. But... I don't want it to be the 47s all the time and getting, you know, till the oversaturated. And I know a lot of people aren't, you know, they're not totally into the 47s or maybe just don't, you know, come to Adventures in Woo Woo and happy enough to read the magic or personal development type stuff and are, you know, could take or leave the 47s. And, you know, I don't want to be the type of person who demands that you only uh, listen to these things for the 47s or whatever, for my comics or my whatever it is, whatever element you come to the website for. So I thought I'd shake it up a bit. And rather than another just totally devoted 47s podcast, I would do an audio version of my blog post, Five Ideas That Will Make Your Life Better. But it's not going to, you're not going to get away with uh, not hearing about the 47s because I will do one card. And I think that's probably the best way to do it is one card a week from now on rather than trying to do 10 cards all in a row. And maybe then a part two of the 47s at the end. Something like that. Maybe it's early days in the podcast. I'm unsure what it is is exactly. And maybe it'll take its own life and go in a different direction. Who knows? But let's go with it. So we'll start with what is the devil card. In the 40 servants, there's two cards that are very, very similar. Well, look very similar from a kind of image point of view or an archetype point of view. And one is the devil and the other is the opposer. And they're both kind of devilish type figures. Uh, or you know like the classic thing of the horns you know like what when you think of the devil or when you think of uh, lucifer or a demon or something like that or it's very like the devil card for standard tarot deck so the difference between the devil and the opposer and um, while both of them are to do with restrictions or opposition the devil is to do with the restrictions or limitations you place upon yourself and the opposer is outside influences or, or opposition so the devil would be negative thinking limiting beliefs, lack of confidence, things that hold you back, you know, beliefs that you change that you bind yourself with. Whereas the opposer would be like literally people opposing you or uh, laws opposing you or community opposing you or some sort of like a good idea of the opposer would be someone at work holding you back, not giving you um, the breaks you need, speeding yeah, you know, speeding laws, traffic laws, any of that sort of thing. Something that's outside your control that has an oppositional effect on you and holds you back. Whereas the devil, as I said, is limiting beliefs from within yourself. So like women can't have certain types of jobs if you're a woman and you believe that you can't have this type of job. That's that's not true. And it's just a belief that you have. Now, you might have got that from society. You might have got that from other people. But it's actually that your belief, you believing it, that is the limitation. Another belief was, I don't have the confidence to do something like that. I'm not good looking enough. I'm not intelligent enough. Men can't marry other men. Men can't be in love with other men. Homosexuality is a sin. None, you know, sin in general would be your thoughts of sin, even though if it came from like a religious background or whatever, it would still be because you believe it, that's the limiting belief. That's the chain you bind yourself 
where it's not necessarily true. As always, when I try to explain these things, I can't think of any good examples and all kind of just fall back on, you know, kind of cliche type stuff. But, you know, it's, let me see. I'll give you an example from my own life. Um, a limiting belief that I would have had is this idea that some things are for other people, not for me. I remember the very first time I ever uh, came across this and I was in school and it was to do with music and there was certain people like certain bands or whatever. And there was a part of me went, that's that's their music. You know, that they're they're kind of they own that music. That's their music. Or it's just music. You know, some people can become so associated with a band that it becomes kind of their band. And in a way, you stop yourself from being your band or your type of music or whatever. But that's just a belief. And so once I got past that, once I sort of went, well, no, it's just a belief that's their music. I can listen to it, too. And some of it I listened to and didn't like. Uh, some of it I listened to and I did like. But it was that thing. It was just my belief that was stopping me from, say, listening to a certain band or reading certain books or hanging out in certain places or any of those type of things. The devil would be more than just kind of, I say superficial, but mundane things like that. You know, it can go further into a person like me can't do something like that. Someone from my race or gender can't do something like that. Or... The brakes just aren't out there, or that's just not possible. Anything that you feel you can't do, but someone else is doing, would be involved with the devil card because of your thoughts and beliefs, and therefore actions, um, that aren't necessarily true. And even if someone else isn't doing it, doesn't mean that you still can't do it because there always has to be one person, you know, the first person to do it. From a magic point of view, this works equally well to break restrictions, to find out what they are, to work with any sort of limiting belief that you have. You know, like things like, I want to be a writer, but, you know, um, I'll never be a writer. Work with the devil to, you know, become a writer. And then go out and write, you know. You ha it's not just, you know, it's just going to be handed any of these things. You have to actually do the effort too as well. So I hope that explains the devil a bit better for you or a bit clearer. If not, then just ask me more questions or point at me and laugh and go, this guy cannot explain anything for the life of him. If I was talking to you face-to-face, -face, I could be able to probably explain these much better. And the new guidebook, which is coming out, will explain them all so much better. So, But until then, this is the best we've got. So I hope it helps. So let's move on to the five ideas that would make your life better. I will link to the blog post this comes from in the show notes so that you can read up on it if you so desire. So the very first one, number one, is take responsibility responsibility for everything in your life 100% responsibility you are responsible 100% for everything in your life now when I heard this first my first reaction is no I'm not I'm not to blame for everything in my life responsibility and blame are two different things no one is saying certainly not I that you are to blame for everything in your life people who have diseases or bad circumstances or in horrible relationships or whatever it is you're not to blame for it, but let's say you're responsible for it. You're responsible for your reaction to it. You're responsible for what you do with it. You're responsible on your outlook, how it affects you. You're responsible to move away from it, learn more, all those things. Everything outside, maybe, may, you know, you can blame, say, this is the circumstance, but your reaction to the circumstance, your emotion around it is your responsibility. So what you were given by life or what life throws at you may not be your, you know, under your control, but your response to it certainly is. And so you take responsibility 100%. The end result of this is that you get out of any sort of victim mentality. Life doesn't happen to you, you know, and you just react. 
is you, you, you go, I'm responsible for it. So I'm going, I'm going to be, I have to go out there and make these things happen for myself. Nothing's going to be given to me. It might be given to you, but you have to come from the kind of point of view of not depending on it. So, you know, again, when I was talking about before on the blog about, you know, doing magic and on the podcast about this, you know, start from the point of view that magic doesn't exist and then do everything you can to get your goals. Same with the response, responsibility. No one owes you anything. No one is to blame for anything. You know, start from the thing that I am in control. I I am responsible for this, for this circumstance and move from that. Now, this is very handy, even in times when you're totally not to blame for something. It's like, say you're having an argument with someone and they are absolutely, without a question, they're at fault. Taking responsibility in this situation is even knowing that they're at fault. What are you going to do or what can you do to resolve the situation or walk away from the situation or get whatever desired result you want from it rather than just blaming the person this person is ruining my life this person has been unfair this person what can you do about it that's the, like taking responsibility what can you do about your life whether it's shitty brilliant awesome sad whatever what is it that you can do and take responsibility for that there's loads about this in the blog so if you want to read more about it please do Number two is stop pretending you know everything already. This was a game changer for me in a massive way. In thinking that because I was doing something or being paid for something or somehow seen as not an expert, but some somehow seen as, you know, this is your job. That I was meant to know 100% of everything and be a total and utter expert and never not know anything. And in that way, I never learned anything because I was kind of faking it, properly faking it until you make it. But the thing is, what I learned is that everyone's like that. Not every, no one, apart, well, there might be some people, but in general, most people don't know everything about the particular area they work in or are involved in. And it's okay to ask other people. In fact, it's brilliant to ask other people because that's how you learn. My reaction, I would say, was that I, people, I thought people would look down on me or think I'm stupid, or think, you know, like, point, oh, he shouldn't be doing this job, whatever, and no one cares, like, everyone, in the end, likes to be asked for advice, or for help, it makes them feel better, about themselves, rather than changing their opinion about you, so, my example in the post is about being a sound engineer, and going into all the different um, venues, and stuff like that, and, you know, different setups, different mixing desks, different uh, way things were run, and just, in my head thinking I should know all this and you know uh, how to run all these now a lot of it I, do, I should know like I mean I should know the basics whatever but more what I'm talking about is like how this particular setup works how this particular mixing desk you know what's the nuances of this particular mixing desk or whatever so when I decided I would just ask people stuff I didn't know rather than pretending I knew it very quickly I learned the things that I didn't know and I you know up my game big time I became a much better at my job that's a benefit alone but also the stress and the anxiety and that kind of pressure that I was putting on myself to be the guy who knew everything what I plainly didn't dropped considerably massively and it just it to, to the point in the end that the job got really really boring because the only time anything interesting happened so when something went horribly wrong because you have to remember when you're being a sound engineer particularly when you're doing one band you're seeing the same set listening to the same songs over and over every night so when everything's going well it's kind of boring you know in 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 that you know you've seen this all before so the only kind of excitement you get is when something you know when a speaker blows up or something so but you know that's 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 the way it goes so it does also there's an aspect of this which is good to stop saying that um you've read books you haven't um and bluffing your way through conversations 
stop saying you know things that you don't uh but tv shows or um you know subjects you don't really know about bluffing your way learn you know learn what people learn what those ask questions and this leads very nicely into number three which is learn from others by listening more than you talk this comes down to I had a realization when I was talking to someone that I was just trying to tell them what I thought rather than uh, listening to, you know, whatever side or opinion they may have. And just talking about it, I already know what I think. You know, I already uh, have that knowledge. They may have knowledge that I don't know about. And me standing here trying to convince them that I am right, I'm learning nothing from this. I'm learning nothing from other people by talking to them because I'm spending all my time trying to tell them about the stuff I know. In some kind of maybe some kind of trying to impress them, maybe trying to make sure you know to be seen that I'm right, that I'm you know some sort of shitty thing that people do by talking over other people and not listening to them. That old expression of you know people that aren't listening to you are just waiting for their turn to talk. I was certainly guilty of it, still guilty of it at the time, but I'm much better at it. I think where I try to hear what the other person's saying. Not necessarily agree with what the other person is saying, but you will not learn anything new from talking to other people if all you're doing is telling other people the stuff you know. So listen to other people. Ask other people questions. Same as what I said before. Stop pretending you know everything. Um, Because we don't. No one does. No matter what some people say, they don't. Everyone has something, always, always something to learn. So listen to people more than talk. You already know what you know, and other people may know something that you don't know, and you're not going to find that out unless you actually listen to them. Number four, stop paying attention to the news or all media or generally just block everything on the internet. (laughs) The news and the media, the way it's presented, it's not news, it's bad news. It's fear-inducing. It's to make you feel uncomfortable, to put you in a state of anxiety and worry. Depending on who you ask, the reason for this is either to make you spend money on things that you assume will make you feel better about life in a commercial um, sort of sense. You should watch Century of Self by Adam Curtis, that documentary. Or it could also be some sort of crowd control thing where if you keep you know, keep the population scared, they're not likely to rise up and you know kill the archons. It could be a bit of both. And in fact, I'd probably suggest it's a bit of that. Both and probably other things as well in that people want to hear bad news. Shock, you know, if you have a newspaper that goes, everything's fine. No one's going to buy it because, you know, you have to be in some way motivated, shocked into, you know, spending money or being interested. It's why the entire Internet is now just clickbait. Because if you don't have clickbait, no one's going to no one's going to click. You know, that's just it. So I don't listen to the radio news. I don't listen to any TV news. I don't watch any political part, you know, political type programs. I don't watch any news programs. I watch a lot of documentaries still. So it's not that I'm just hiding in the sand, my head in the sand. And I keep up, you know, learn still an awful lot, but I just stay away from mass media, mainstream media, and anything like that. So much so that people look at me with two, like I have two heads when they say, well, what do you think about this? And I go, I didn't even know that happened. Recently, someone died uh, in political uh, system in Ireland. I didn't even know. And people couldn't understand that and other things. I just, and you know, I'm delighted. I don't know. It's depressing and uh, stressful to carry that stuff around with you, particularly if you did what I do and wake up in the morning with the radio news and then carry first thing is a bombardment of horrible stories that you just wake up into and carry with you around like a cl- black cloud around you. So I haven't watched the news or read the news and I have most things blocked. Uh, most news sites, um, 
and my life didn't fall apart and you know it just it, my mental health is like so much better for it so try it try it for a week don't try it for a fortnight at minimum and see how it goes you'll at the beginning you'll feel you're missing stuff and then you'll discover that even the things you're missing are things you couldn't do anything about other than worry about or stress about most of this stuff we can do nothing about so that's just, that's not a nice thought to have and it's you know not maybe too altruistic or anything but there's a lot of things i have no control over and all i can do about them is worry and i'm not doing that anymore so the last one's where i lose most people because people love their caffeine and it's give up caffeine this was such an amazing eye-opening game-changing other cliche inducing statement change for me giving up caffeine i used to not suffer from bad panic attacks but there'll be a lot of this kind of panicky feeling and underlying stress and anxiety of just there's something's going to happen which was constant a constant and um, dark passenger with me and i just felt that was who i you know that was who i was i was a worrier i was a stressor i was anxiety because that was my base baseline uh, mood or my baseline um What's the word Tommy is looking for? Uh, you know, just how I felt. That was just my, my base was very, if just left on idle, that's that's where I was. That's where my, my base mind mindset was, my base mindset. And I assumed everyone was like that, and I don't think everyone is like that. But what I discovered is that an awful lot of the panic and an awful lot of the anxiety was actually just being high on caffeine. I drank, you know, a lot of coffee, not a tremendous amount of coffee. But a lot of coffee, like, well, it's just, it all depends on what you think is a lot of coffee. I would, I've drank 10 cups of coffee anyway a day. So that to you might be a tremendous amount of coffee. That might be, you know, a very weak amount, depending. I, if someone was saying to me recently, they measured their uh, coffee intake in pots. And I understand that, but I wasn't quite there. Not every day, like, but I had my days, had my days. But immediately upon giving that up, that baseline fear went, like, very, very quickly, like, days not even days, like I'd say hours, but more than 24 hours, less than three days. You could notice that, that just pant your heart just stops that constant, the adrenaline rush goes, the fight or flight kind of fear just pulls back. And my baseline mindset from my baseline, you know, line of where I was just went, oh yeah, there we go. Alan Chapman actually talks about this in one of the books, I would say, looking at myself. It's probably the urn or blooded saints where just everyone's just, you know, basically high and um, our nervous systems are destroyed because of coffee and being hyped up in coffee and all that sort of stuff. And it's thinking about when I re read that, I've read that a lot and ignored it. And then whatever, one of my last kind of read, not my last read, because I haven't had coffee in, it's over a year now, any caffeine. It's just so true. We've destroyed our nervous systems with, you know, being, you know, and energy. I never did energy drinks too, but I, I'm sure that's exactly the same. Just, you know, totally go, 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 go uh, all the time, you know. And any wonder, like, we're anxious and stressed and feeling like shit, you know. It's just because you've pumped yourself so full of drugs. Now, people worry about the withdrawal. Personally, I didn't get a bad withdrawal. And, and I said 10 cups of coffee minimum a day. So, I mean, I should have got some withdrawal. Just drink a ton of water with it, you know. I, I switched to decaf and, you know, I still get my kind of, my, my, my taste. I still like the taste of coffee. It's not like when you give up cigarettes and then you smell cigarettes or you try one, 
you know, after months and it's just disgusting. Coffee still tastes lovely. It's not that. So, I mean, it's the, the drug element isn't making it taste nice. It's still a nice drink. And so decaf for me is really good. I also have a lot of herbal teas, which I really like. But I drink a load of water, a, a lot of water, which, you know, which also helps. Maybe it's, you know, part of this is the, the, the dehydration levels as well. Now, people have asked us, um, well, I don't drink that much coffee. Will it make much difference? When I cut down and I was doing I one drink coffee afternoon or midday, as we call it here. It didn't make a difference. That, that that baseline panic thing didn't go away. It was only until I completely cut out the caffeine that it went. More than meditation, more than yoga, more than weightlifting, more than walking, more than walking, you know, in forests and beside rivers and lakes. As amazing as all that is, and as helpful as all that is, giving up caffeine was the biggest, bigger than even, I would say, giving up the news listening to the media and all that. The biggest of all of them for me. It's definitely worth trying. If if your baseline fear, anxiety, stress and all that is something that gets on your nerves and it <laughs> literally gets on your nerves. So try it, you know, see what happens. Give it up for two weeks, give it up for a month. And if you uh, still, you know, if you still need your coffee and the panic doesn't go away, then it's not for you. But I guarantee you, you will notice a change. I can't guarantee you. How can I guarantee you? I don't know what your physiology or your, your body's made of. I can guarantee you that it made a change for me. That's what I did. It changed. It was brilliant for me. Okay, so that's it. That is the five tips, ideas, or what do I call them? Five ideas that would make your life better. I should probably have said five ideas that can maybe make your life better, but then no one would have clicked on it. I should have said five ideas that will definitely make your life better. And if you don't click on this, then, you know, you will never know and maybe got some more clicks than I did. But, you know, I don't need the clicks. So next week, we will go back to doing one card a week or maybe more. Depends. You know, we play it by ear. We do not make any rules. So in the meantime, you can check out adventuresinwooboo.com. There's a new blog post every Thursday. The weekly woo goes up on Friday. There's new videos on the 47s on Wednesdays and Saturdays. The news um, the news mailing list, choose the newsletter, that's the word, goes out on a Tuesday, and you can sign up on that on the website as well, adventuresmovie.com. If you want to know more about the 40 servants, the deck, or the magic system, or any of that stuff, that's also on adventuresmovie.com, or you can go straight to the40servants.com, and that'll bring you straight to the, the page with all the card meanings, all the ways to buy it, all that stuff. The guidebook is coming. It's um, I'm really putting a lot of effort into it. My mind is full of 40 servants at the minute. I can barely think of anything else. But it's going to be cool. It's going to be cool. It's going to be worth it. And it's not going to be that long. I'm thinking a month. A month I'll be finished. And then it'll go to Robbie to proofread. And he'll then cry at how bad it is probably. And then after that, it, it should go up. Because I'm doing it with the Kindle printing, the Amazon thing. Create space. Is that the one? You know, I don't have to wait. I can as soon as I upload it, it'll be on sale. So it's not that far away. Not that far away. So that's it. Just the YouTube, the Twitter at Tommy Kelly, the Facebook pages. Come check me out. Have a great week, and um, yeah, talk to you soon. Bye.